Welcome to the RAF Mildenhall Protestant Parish Podcast. As you prepare your heart to receive today's word, we pray that you are encouraged, inspired, and uplifted. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of our God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for Jesus, for the blood of pride. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Can we give our awesome praise team a hand this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. I'm seeing some familiar faces. I'm getting excited up here. I'm Chaplain Ray. For those of you who do not know me or recognize me, I've been deployed for six months, and I see so many beautiful, smiling, familiar faces and so many new faces. Welcome to you. We are here this morning to glorify the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Precious is the blood that has saved us from our sin and saved us from death and passed us into the ability to receive eternal life, eternal life in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. It's a glorious gift. This morning, we are coming from the book of Peter, 1 Peter, chapter 5 verses eight through nine. And I'm going to begin reading. You can also look on the screens. First Peter five, eight through nine. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Title of the message this morning is Undevourable. Undevourable. Let's pray. Father and eternal God, we thank you for the ability to listen and hear and absorb your word, that it may change our lives, change our minds, cleanse our hearts and make us pure, pliable for your use. We thank you for faith, that you've given us all a measure of faith. We ask that you build upon it now as we break the bread of life and show us something new, reveals to us something that you have never allowed us to see before, that we may go higher in our faith walk, glorifying the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Undevourable. Undevourable. Many years ago, I was having a conversation with a gentleman very much well in his years. I was a hospice chaplain before military life, and he was on his deathbed. And he's on his deathbed, really uh, about to transition in the next few days. And we were having a conversation. He, he liked to have the news on, just kind of in the background, whether he was sleeping or awake. and what was happening in the world was kind of much like what's going on today. I don't remember exactly what was happening, but he was going on and on about the current times in society, in our nation. The world seemed to be in shambles. I mean, there were school shootings, it was drug crisis, the economy was down, homicides were at an all-time high at the time, terrorist activity was running rampant, bombings were happening, division in politics, earthquakes, natural disaster, wars, rumors of wars, all manner of evil. And it was a crazy time, which 
generated in normal conversation. You might be in line at the store and engage in someone with conversation and after a few seconds and maybe a, a minute or two, you were into the conversation about what's happening in the world. That's how rampant things were at the time. And much like we are today, we'll only take a few minutes to begin a conversation with a stranger before COVID comes up or travel or uh, wars and rumors of wars or what's going on the in the Ukraine right now. It's, it, it just is the temperature of what's going on in society. So back to my patient. I go back to my patient and I ask this 90-something-year-old man who is about to transition, and he's almost 100 at this point, and I asked him during those crazy times that we were in currently as I was speaking with him, I said, with all this stuff going on in the world, do you think that in your many years that these are the worst times that you've ever seen? And mostly he couldn't move his body, but he was able to move his neck and his head and he turned toward me. And he said, it's not that we're in better times or worse times, they're just different. And he said, you'll see, as you go on, as you, as you live, times don't get necessarily better or worse, just gets different. And so he had lived, mind you, through the Great Depression, World War I and World War II, Vietnam War, the Civil Rights Movement, the Holocaust, Korean War, 1919 flu pandemic, Pearl Harbor, HIV, AIDS epidemic, etc. And at that time, he said, no, it doesn't get better necessarily or worse, it just gets different. So let this be a reminder to us as the body of Christ that no matter what's going on in the world, there is nothing new under the sun. This world has seen it before. Just read history or read your Old Testament. We've, we've seen hard times before. The ups and downs of life are going to come. The torrential rain will seem to overwhelm us at times. But remember, somebody say, but remember. But remember, it's got nothing to do with your faith stance. The times have nothing to do with your posture in faith. We need not and best not change our faith posture to match current events. We can't change our stance with every bit of troubling news that comes across your flat screen or your news feed or your news app. The Bible says, don't be like a child tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. We're not to be double-minded. The Bible says, if you're double-minded, you'll be unstable in all your ways. But we are to be found steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So we have to maintain our posture of faith no matter what's going on in the world. If you don't do it, who will? You say you believe, you know you believe, but how is it exemplified in your faith posture, in your daily walk? So we have to maintain a stance in our faith that exemplifies that we know the promises of God are true and belong to us and speak and behave in a manner that only 
exemplifies that. So that we not be just hearers of the word, but doers also. It's great to be in here Sunday morning. Oh yeah, praise the Lord. The blood of Christ, he reigns. But what's gonna happen when you walk out those doors? Will we be able to see your faith? The Bible says we know a tree by the fruit it bears. Where is your fruit? We ought to always be able to see the faith of a Christian, no matter what's going on in the world. Because there will always be an adversary. There will always be bad news to spew. There will always be room for a Christian to speak faith. But your job is to bring the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and don't agree with the trouble. That's not to say we ignore it. We're not ignorant. We know that there's trouble there. But let the trouble, let the news feed inform your prayers. Your prayer life, your prayer life is speaking the word of God, encouraging yourself, encouraging others in the faith, encouraging the word of God in your heart coming through your mouth into the ears of others. We, our faith is built by what we hear. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing what? The word of God. That's not to say, now, yes, we're going to be steadfast, unmovable, but I like what a pastor says. He says, don't become like dumb deep. Don't become like spooky, goofy, and overly spiritual. Don't be found like, don't like park your car in a parking space that is an illegal parking and they come to tow and oh, I'm steadfast and unmovable, always bounding in the word of the Lord. That's not the time. You're probably going to get towed and you'll probably go to jail. So that's not what we want. But we want to be able simply to live out our lives in faith. I want, you to be, I want us to be at the water cooler, at the carrot, at the coffee pot, having those conversations. And when negativity comes up, you spew out the word of God. Not to ignore it, but to remember who's in control. Yes, there's a lot going on in our world, but I know that God is in control. And if the negativity continues, you can dismiss yourself. The Bible says don't cast your pearls among swine. I'm not calling anybody swine. I'm just saying that if you continue to spew the word of God, if you continue to offer the word of God in a loving manner, speak the truth in love, if you continue to offer the word of God and it's not received, you can step to the side and just be you. So it doesn't take being overly spiritual. Just be yourself who you are in God. You know, we all have different personalities, and God will use your quirkiness. God will use your quietness. God will use your loudness to glorify him. Just be yourself in God. Walk out your faith in what that means to you. You don't have to be somebody different. Be yourself. God created you in his image on purpose just the way you are. Be who you are in God, and don't be afraid to set the tone for the atmosphere in speaking faith. Second Timothy 1 says, and 1 and 7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So if you believe the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you are to set the temperature and you desire to share that good news. You desire to share the love of Christ, the love of God with other people. So let nothing pull you back from that. There's nothing wrong with love. Is there anything wrong with loving people, sharing the light of Christ, sharing the love of God? No. Luke 11:33 says, no one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. You are to 
exude the light of Christ. It's what you're built to do. And if you're holding back on that, are you truly being yourself? It's what you've been born to do. Live your life in faith, be yourself in God, and allow others to see the light of God in you. And prayerfully, that will ignite the faith in you to inspire faith and spark faith in somebody else. They want to know the God that you serve. How can you be so joyous and happy in times like these? Well, let me tell you about the God I serve. Let me tell you what God has done for me. Let me tell you my experience of being in a place where I felt like I, I couldn't get up and God lifted me. Don't be afraid to be that. That's who you are. You've been designed to do that. Do it full out. Sometimes you, you don't have to even, honestly, I'm not a big talker, me neither. I'm mostly, I know you can't tell, but I'm a quiet person mostly. And I'm not a big talker, but sometimes it's not even what, in what you say. It's in what you do. It's in what you don't say. It's in what you don't laugh at. It's in the company you don't keep. It's in how you don't judge that speaks and shines and impacts as your faith grows and shines around those around you. Just live what you believe, and that makes the impact of faith all by itself. So, how are you living out your faith? How can we tell that you are different from the world? Stand and walk in your faith, let your light shine, and that will draw others to the kingdom. Let, the Bible says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. You lift him up and the men will be drawn, the women will be drawn, the children will be drawn unto him. Because it is your light of faith that makes you undevourable. It is your light of faith that makes you undevourable. And we'll talk more about that in just a second. Matthew 5 and 16 says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Your faith walk has to be intentional, knowing that what you're doing is giving glory to God and shining the light of his love, the light of his word, so that people can see it and grasp it and become irresistible, and they're drawn in. Acknowledging that you're not just doing this just because. You, this is intentional. You have an adversary trying to kill you, you have an enemy trying to destroy you. So that's why I don't have time to slap five at the cooler talking about all that ne negativity, letting all that stuff before my eyes, in my ears, coming out of my mouth and it get into my heart. I only have room for the word in my heart because I have an adversary to fight. So if, we, if you remember that, that will keep you intentional about what comes out of your mouth and what's in your heart. But the good news is, this fight that we are fighting, the Bible calls it the good fight of faith. Why is it a good fight? Because we win. It's not a good fight if you lose. We win the fight. It's already won. It is finished on the cross. You have already won. We just have to remember, remember who we are and whose we are and behave that way and stand strong in our faith. We got to stay vigilant and take every opportunity to walk in faith and glorify God because that's what you're doing. When you decide to be different from the world and walk in faith, you are glorifying God. Even in tumultuous times, times of persecution, we have to hold on to our faith. Romans 12 says, Romans 12 says don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in God's word. That's a different scripture. I don't need that one. Thank you. 
But grow yourself in faith by washing your mind with God's word and live out God's word. That's how we live out our faith and become undevourable. Why am I talking so much about faith? Faith, faith, faith. Your faith makes you undevourable by the powers of the enemy. If you don't believe he got you, let me tell you something. The only power that the enemy has is deception. If he can get you to believe the lie, you are devourable. But the devil is a liar. And you have the truth of God in the word and put the word in your heart. That's what makes you, your faith in that, that's what makes you undevourable. Our response in trying times, in any times, as Christians, is a faith response. Faith is what makes you undevourable. Somebody say, I'm undevourable. undevourable. Yes. First Peter 5 says, and Peter, well, Peter is writing uh, to the elders of the church in 1 Peter 5. And Peter's telling them that, you know, you leaders, you, you might be persecuted and ridiculed for your faith, but this is not a time to recluse. This is a time to live out. This is a time to, to live out your faith out loud. This is a time to lean on one another because if you look in here to your left and to your right, you have people next to you that are fighting their own battle of faith. We're all fighting to believe. We're all fighting to see the promises of God manifest in our lives without seeing it because we walk by faith and not by, we're all fighting. And so he's saying, now lean on one another. This is, this is what we have to do. You gotta be vigilant, you have an adversary. Verse eight, Peter says, be sober. You can't walk around like you don't understand what's going on, like you're not uh, being uh, chased down by the enemy. You, you gotta be vigilant. You got to pay attention. You have to have situational awareness. Don't just find yourself anywhere listening to anything, saying anything out of your mouth. But be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, who? The devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking, I love this part right here, whom he may devour. Seeking whom he may devour. So that to me says that there are some of us who are devourable, and there are some of us who are not. There are some of us that the, the roaring lion will look at and say, num, 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 num. And there are some of us who will look, he will look at and say, all right, that's not gonna work. They're not going for that. Well, what makes us undevourable? Verse nine, we resist him. Resist him and what? Stay steadfast in the, what does it say? Faith, Faith. stay steadfast in the? Stay steadfast in the, faith. one more time, stay steadfast in the, faith. in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. We're all doing this together. But let me backtrack just a little bit. Let me backtrack just a little bit. This says in verse eight, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, like a roaring lion. What is so scary about the roar of a lion. Do me a favor, everybody. Close your eyes for just a moment. Close your eyes, don't go to sleep. Just close your eyes. And picture yourself right where you are. You are in this sanctuary receiving this word. And all of a sudden, Okay, open your eyes. 
And then there's a roaring lion, like walking up the middle of the aisle, big, nasty, snarling lion, just scanning the crowd, seeking whom he may devour. What is your response? Call it out to me. What would you do? Somebody, run, what else? <laughs> Hide, yes. Yeah, why? But why would you do those things? Tell me, why would, why would you run or hide? I'm scared. What am I scared of? Being eaten. You're scared of death, right? You're scared of your limbs being torn from your body and dying a terrible death. I'm so glad you answered that question that way. Hebrews 2, 14. Let's go there. Let's go there. Because we know that the roaring lion, the roar, cannot harm you. The roar can't kill you. Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The shadow never hurt anybody. The roar can't kill you. But it's the fear of death invoked in us that would cause us to run away or hide or get away from the lion. But in Hebrews 2.14, what I'm about to read to you, tells us that Jesus created the situation that the lion has been defamed and declawed. So the power that the lion, the, the roar of the lion, you think he might have, he does not have anymore. Let's read 14, Hebrews 2:14. Since the children have flesh and blood, that's you and I, the children of God, have flesh and blood, he too shared, who is he? Jesus, too shared in our humanity so that his death, Jesus's death, might break the power of him who holds the power of death, might break the power of the devil. So then, we know that Jesus' work on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection broke the power of the enemy, broke the fangs of the enemy, broke the claws of the enemy. He cannot harm you, those who believe, which makes you undevourable. 15, and free those who all of their lives were held in slavery by the fear of what? The fear of death. Say it, the fear of death. Because that's what you fear, but you're free from that because Christ came to free you from sin and from death. Therefore, the lion's roar has no meaning because you have been made to believe that you are undevourable because you believe that you have eternal life in Christ, delivered from death, delivered from sin. He has no power other than the roar. And if he can get you to believe the deception of the roar that he can kill you, then he got you. But that's why your faith stance has to be on point. And the Bible says, resist him. Resist, resist the devil and he will flee. So that's telling me that if that roaring lion came up through here with no fangs and no claws and I resisted him and I said, flee in Jesus' name, he got to run, tail between his legs and get up on out of here. Him and the roar got to go because I'm undevourable. I'm undevourable. I believe. That's who I am. And that's why you don't have time to play at the water, water cooler, playing with people that are saying, spewing out negativity and all this manner of fear. I don't have time to fear. I am a person of faith. I am undevourable. And we can rejoice in that. That's how we have joy in the midst of turmoil. Because we know that we have faith in the one who has conquered it all. In the one who is in control and has made us undevourable in the faith. Romans 12 and 12 says, rejoice in hope. 
even in these times. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Nothing new under the sun and constant in prayer. Prayer for, for me is, is a way to remind myself, not get God to do anything, but remind myself of what he's already done. He's already done it. But do we receive it? By faith, we do. Your faith posture makes you undevourable. It's the reason to rejoice. Your faith, Hebrews 1 says, 11 says, your faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things you can't see. Your faith is your evidence. Your faith is your evidence. It's your proof. It's all you need. Be found in the number of those who are named undevourable. And you don't have to worry about like, man, in my faith, that's one of my weak areas. Oh, that's great. Because where you are weak, he is strong. Oh, man, my, I'm, I don't have much faith. It's very small. Well, you don't need but the size of a mustard seed to move a whole mountain. He's got you covered on every angle. So start small. Start low. Start a little bit. That's all you need to be undevourable. That's all you need. Be named undevourable. And every demon and force of evil must scatter. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. So the lion doesn't just have to move. The lion got to scatter. The lion has to see your undevourable faith and run out of here. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So stand strong in your faith, knowing that you've already won the battle. He's already won it for you. He causes you to triumph. You can't lose. Only believe and resist the devil and receive the truth of God's promises that you have won. You operating in your faith and what God's promises are to you makes you undevourable. Y'all ought to walk out of this building like, oh yeah, I want the devil to come this way to say something to me because I am undevourable. You heard me? I am undevourable. You can't touch this. Y'all remember MC Hammer? Okay. Can't touch this. Okay. Believe it. Receive it. Let the world see you live it and bring glory to God. Because that's going to cause questions. You behaving as if you're undevourable and, and faithful in, in this time, that's going to cause questions. There's your opportunity for ministry. There's your opportunity to engage somebody in what God has done for you. Not being overly spiritual, just being you. Just being you, however you would do it. That roaring lying has been defamed and declawed. And you in your faith have been made undevourable. Somebody say, I'm undevourable. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Father and eternal God, thank you for the power of your blood that covers us and keeps us and encourages us and sustains us and makes us whole and makes us new and makes us undevourable as we believe with our hearts and confess with our mouths that we are saved. We know that you have done the work and we lean in, we press in to our faith in what you have already done. We receive it now. Let us walk this out. Let us live this out. Speak to every person in this building under the sound of my voice, even on 
the internet that is watching today with us, oh God, let them have a tangible experience about what it means to walk out their faith and become undevourable. Teach us, lead us, guide us, cover us, continue to love us. We know that you will, and we know that you have already answered and heard our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you were blessed by today's word. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share. Thank you for stopping by our station. And until next time, may the peace of God be with you.